0: On this episode of Fantasy NFL Today, I called an audible. And we're actually breaking down the Cincinnati Bengals. Has Joe Burrow reached quarterback one status, or should we proceed with caution? Let's pump the brakes on Joe Mixon. Can Jamar Chase replicate his old teammate Justin Jefferson's success at the NFL level? And which Bengal has the best value that you can snag late? All your questions are answered, and it's happening now. Welcome to another episode of Fantasy NFL Today. Today is Thursday, July 8th, and I am your host, Anthony Germain. You can find me on Twitter at the Talking Sunday handle. That's T-A-L-K-I-N-G, Sunday, all one word, on Twitter, Talking Sunday. And I'd still like to express my excitement for this show. Big move here at the Hoopball production team, bringing you a live fantasy show, a daily fantasy show, I should say, as we continue to run team by team and give you guys the best value picks for your fantasy rosters and to help you dominate your leagues and i know if you were listening to yesterday's episode i told you we'd be breaking down the cleveland browns today but i had to call an audible or an omaha as the once great peyton manning once said because tomorrow i'm going to have my very first guest on one of my old colleagues from my time spent as a freelancer at the nfl network he's an ohio native and has a lot to say about the brownies so i think it will make for a very interesting show And you won't want to miss it. So today, we're going to take a little detour. Instead of hanging out up there in North Ohio, we're going to drive south to the Queen City. Down there in the jungle where the big cats roam. The Cincinnati Bengals. Not the Bengals or the Bungles, but the Bengals. A team that's been mediocre at best for many years and are now looking to revamp. And what better way to do that than kicking off last season, starting a brand new era when they selected their new franchise quarterback, Joe Barrow, with the number one overall pick. What looks to be a phenomenal starting point, even though the Bengals went 4-11-1 in 2020, as they now have some nice building blocks and they seem to be on the right path for success. They had a weak free agency, which is a very typical Bengals thing. They've always been a team to never spend big on free agents, even though they seem to always have the cap space. But they did have a very solid draft. They drafted wide receiver Jamar Chase out of LSU, who was Burrow's former number one target who should be a phenomenal player, and we'll get to him in a moment, but I don't think I'm the only one to think what I'm about to say here. I found this pick to be very controversial, considering how bad that offensive line was last year and the severe injury that Burrow sustained. He made it through 10 games before suffering what I thought was a pretty gruesome injury. He tore his ACL and MCL in his left knee while also damaging his PCL and meniscus before being placed on the injured reserve. Everyone, including the fan base, was pushing hard for the tackle out of Oregon, Panay Sewell. Sewell was considered to be a once-in-a-generation can't-miss prospect, and they passed on him. To add what I think could be considered a luxury. They were already getting solid production out of wide receiver Tyler Boyd, and T. Higgins showed a lot of promise during his rookie campaign. Both receivers went north of 800 receiving yards, and A.J. Green was lingering, lingering around somewhere in the background, or what was left of him, but both very solid receivers, enough to the point where they didn't need to draft another wideout with their first pick. And this basically reminds me of what the Cowboys did last year when they selected C.D. Lamb. Same exact situation. Now, Amari Cooper is obviously better than Tyler Boyd or T. Higgins, but they also had Michael Gallup, who was just starting to blossom as a premium receiver. And when they selected CeeDee Lamb, it felt very luxurious when they needed help at cornerback. So why not take Sewell, solidify your line, and by the time it comes back to you in round two, if you you really still want to add that third receiver, get him there. Some receivers that were still left on the board at that time were receiver Rondell Moore, Terrace Marshall, who was also another teammate of Burrow at LSU, and maybe even Diami Brown out of UNC. All still available. The offensive line was the biggest need and the biggest weakness by far on this team. Now, they did select a tackle with their second pick when they drafted Jackson Carmen out of Clemson. Now, they took this guy from one of the worst offensive lines that Clemson has put out on the field since Trevor Lawrence was playing quarterback. Now, in my opinion, this wasn't that great of a pick, when you had tackles like Samuel Cosme from Texas and Brady Christensen from BYU that were still on the board. So heading into the new 2021 season, the offensive line still worries me a lot. And I still worry for the health and safety of quarterback Joe Burrow. Last season, he completed 65% of his passes. He threw for 2,688 passing yards, 13 touchdowns, and five interceptions. And you know, he's not the fastest or more athletic guy, but picked up 142 rushing yards and tacked on three touchdowns on the ground. And that's kind of what the masses were saying about him coming out of college. Yeah, he shattered records at LSU, but he really doesn't have those big NFL traits or, tan- or tangibles you're typically looking for at the next level. He seems to have the it factor. You know what I'm talking about, the, the Tom Brady factor, the immeasurable factor that doesn't show up on the stat sheets. And I don't know if the it factor necessarily translates to the fantasy world. Well, it get you enough fantasy points on Sunday to beat your opponents or is it just a two-minute game winning drive in the fourth quarter to win a close 10 to 7 game and I know some of you might be saying to yourself right now well you know Tom Brady Tom Brady puts up plenty of fantasy points what's the problem here Tom Brady has been in the league for 20 years Tom Brady had the pleasure of learning and playing in a Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniel system did we forget who the head coach of the Bengals is we can't ignore coaching schemes and systems, and I just don't see anything special from Zach Taylor. When you watch a Bengals game, are you ever seeing anything that really wows you offensively? Nothing really jumps off the screen at you, like when you watch McVay with the Rams or a Kyle Shanahan, Shanahan with the Niners. Even when Shanahan was losing with backup quarterbacks before Jimmy Garoppolo, they were still doing really creative stuff, and I'm just not seeing that from Taylor. Taylor's first year in 2019, his offense came ranked 30th overall. Last year, he only bumped up one spot, 29th. What's the glamour with Zach Taylor? So Burrow may eventually get there, but I just don't see him reaching his full potential until they bring in a more competent coaching staff. Now, Burrow was extremely accurate when throwing within 20 yards, but struggled on deep passes in his first 10 games before going down with the injury. The good news, and why I understand the need to draft Jamar Chase instead of someone like a Panay Sewell, is Burrow thrived with Chase, particularly with the deep ball, at LSU during their championship run. Chase caught 24 of 36 passes in which Burrow targeted targeted him 20 or more yards downfield that year, and 14 of those receptions went for touchdowns. So we should certainly see an improvement heading into the 2021 season. So that begs the question, is Joe Burrow a viable option as your quarterback one? I'm not ready to just take that step yet in redraft. Barrow's current ADP is an early eighth round pick, and that feels about right to me. But I think it's a little too risky to roll him out as quarterback one and have bolstering confidence to lead you to a championship in your league. I personally feel more comfortable with him as a backup as he continues to blossom, but that's definitely not happening since he's coming off the board in round eight. Owners will certainly be targeting him as their quarterback one. For myself and the way I typically handle my rosters, I need a strong quarterback one that I can rely on from a week-to-week basis. Like I said, and I know a lot of people will disagree with this, I like to start looking for my quarterbacks in about round five. These are the guys you, you can rely on the most. Once those first and second tiers are gone in your league, if your league is quarterback happy, then I'd wait to grab a quarterback later. It's that third tier where I feel Burrow seems to fit. You know, you have your, the Mayfields, Staffords, the Matt Ryans of the world. But Burrow as quarterback one? Mm, not yet. I still need more proof in the pudding. So enough about Burrow. Let's move on to the running back position. Every year, there seems to be a handful of players that get way more love than they deserve. And Mixon seems to fall into that wagon each year. Last year, there was a lot of Kenyon Drake love for a player that's barely proven himself in the NFL and he was going in the early second round, and here we are again with Joe Mixon. Reports out of camp. Joe Mixon will handle the largest workload of his career. Tag an extra 15 to 20 receptions to Mixon's previous total by virtue of Giovanni Bernard being gone. Nah, I'm not buying it. Same story year in and year out with this guy. The offensive line woes are still a major concern as discussed earlier, especially on the interior line at the guard position. I'm highly concerned that the poor guard play or maybe even the poor center play will lead to a meek rushing attack. Mixon has eclipsed 1,000 yards twice, but never recorded double-digit touchdowns out of the four years he's been in the league now. Plus, the injuries are now becoming a major concern. He's only made it through one full season, healthy back in 2019, and last year he only made it six games. Accumulated 428 rushing yards, three touchdowns, and tacked on 138 through the air and another touchdown. This whole situation of Mixon and his current ADP being a mid round second pick stinks of disappointment once again. So I really don't like him even as an RB2. And I know a lot of people will probably end up with this guy as their RB1, and that's scary. That's scary. And it might sound crazy that I don't like him as an RB too, and that's fine. I would honestly feel the most comfortable with Joe Mixon as a flex player. Sue me. Now, the interesting thing here is someone to keep an eye on might be rookie running back Chris Evans out of Michigan. He was a sixth round pick, which doesn't tend to translate well to the NFL. Anybody picked that late in the draft usually doesn't make it. But if and when Joe Mixon goes down, I don't see anybody else on this team that's really going to take over and have a strong showing. So Chris Evans is somebody to keep your eye on. Now, not saying to draft him, but somebody to star and keep an eye on your waiver wire. All right. Well, let's talk about these studly receivers here down in Cincinnati. I mentioned a little bit about Jamar Chase to start this podcast. But man, this guy, physical freak. Six-foot receiver, 201 pounds, measurements are off the chart, ran a 4-3-4 at his pro day. I mean, this is the guy. This is the guy all the teams are waiting for, and I get why they drafted him. I do. His last season with Burrow and the championship LSU Tigers, he went for just under 1,800 yards and 20 touchdowns. 20. To put that into perspective, teammate Justin Jefferson that same year went for 1,540 yards and 18 touchdowns. And we all know how he turned out with the Vikings. So if you like what you saw from Jefferson, I think you're really going to like what you see from Chase. The connection and familiarity is just undeniable, and you know Burrow will be itching to reconnect and boost his deep ball game. Chase's current ADP has him as a mid-fifth-round pick. To me, this probably feels right. And I don't have a problem if you want to take Chase in the fifth round. I might have a problem if Chase is your wide receiver one only because he's a rookie and you really don't know what the outcome will be. But as a wide receiver two, with the tangibles that he possesses, I would be willing to roll the dice there. I wouldn't call this necessarily value because I think a lot of owners and teams are going to reach for him. But where the real value can be found is with wide receiver T. Higgins. Chase will be great. But if we're talking about strict value T Higgins is the pick with the current ADP as as an early seventh round pick he led the team last season in receiving yards with 908 just 92 yards short of breaking 1000 and also snagged six touchdowns as a rookie and all reports coming out of camp have been phenomenal Bengals offensive coordinator Brian Callahan reports that he's markedly more explosive this summer and is going to play a huge role in the offense this season well I certainly hope so I love all these generic reports that come out the Bengals number two wide receiver is going to play a huge role in the offense you think I saw a similar report like that not too long ago uh, with Henry Ruggs John Gruden wants to get Ruggs more involved in the offense no way you mean you want your number one overall pick from last season to touch the ball more that's crazy but anyways I really like T Higgins at his current ADP great value you can plug him in as your wide receiver two and feel really comfortable with that. And if you get him as your wide receiver three, then you're really cruising. And what about Tyler Boyd? Boyd has been a nice story in, fantasy, in the fantasy football world for the last couple of seasons, but now he looks to be the odd man out here. He was second in receiving yards last year with 841 yards and four touchdowns. But I expect most of these yards to transfer to Chase as Boyd becomes more of a crucial player in real life. You know, doing more of the dirty work and making crucial catches when the team needs it most. His ADP is currently a late 8th round pick and eh, he just doesn't do it for me and just seems to be kind of wasting a spot on my roster. There seems to be better options around that ADP like a Debo Samuel or a Michael Pittman that have a higher ceiling than what we can expect from Boyd this year. Now on the tight end front, there's really not that much to discuss here. The Bengals are entering the season with CJ Uzuma and Drew Sample. I think they brought in Thaddeus Moss, who was originally drafted by Washington, but he may not make the team. Both Uzuma and Sample are going undrafted in most leagues and will likely coast on the waiver wire all season long, so there's really no need to draft any of these Bengal receivers. So stay clear. So again, as a review, proceed with caution when taking any of these Bengal players. I still don't think they're anywhere close to taking the next step forward to a winning season. The offensive line is still very concerning and can have major impact on any of these Bengal players. Joe Burrow, to me, isn't quite ready to take over as a quarterback one just yet. I think it's going to be really hard for him coming back from that knee injury and will be on his mind and may cause him some hesitation from time to time. i like him if you can get him as a backup as a wait-and-see type option. Again, you really want a strong play for your quarterback one, and I think Barrow is a year or two away from that. My overvalued pick is Joe Mixon. Seems to be a rinse and repeat with Mixon each year, and I'm not willing to take him that early while trying to really solidify the foundation or infrastructure of my team. And my best value pick for these Tigers is T. Higgins, who you can get two rounds later than Jamar Chase, but if you're feeling great about Jamar Chase, which I am, Chase is a nice, solid option for you as a wide receiver, too, as well. All I'm saying is the hype over Chase will lead some owners to reach for him when you can sit back, continue to pad depth to your team, and grab Higgins later. Well, that's our show for today, and tomorrow we finally get to those Cleveland Browns, and I'll have a special guest on to break down everything you need to know in the fantasy realm for the Brownies. Should be a fun and exciting show, so don't forget to tune in to Fantasy NFL Today presented by Hoopball. And we'll catch you guys tomorrow.